Advertising your business with GCN is simple, effective, and more affordable than you might think. Visit advertise.gcnlive.com for more info. Take your business to the next level. Our Matrix server is about as free as Internet chat can be. Join the existing rooms or create your own at chat.freetalklive.com. Welcome to Liberty Conspiracy on Free Talk Live. I'm Gardner Goldsmith, the creator of the Liberty Conspiracy, which can be seen and heard every Monday through Friday, starting at 6 p.m. Eastern Time on Rumble, Rockfin, and on my Twitter slash X feed, that being at Gard Goldsmith. That's G-A-R-D Goldsmith. If you're interested in finding more information that I might be able to provide to you, then check out my substack, that being the Gardner Goldsmith substack, and you'll find that every Sunday we provide what's called the Sunday News Assembly. The News Assembly contains at least 20 stories pertaining to liberty plus contextual information that will help draw out of those breaking stories longer-term intellectual ammunition to help defend and expand the purview of freedom. Thanks so much for listening to this program here on Free Talk Live, which is also such a fantastic home for freedom. Let's get started. Since we talked about East Palestine in there, thank you, AA. Appreciate it, brother. Uh, We're going to go now and talk about the Palestinians, the genocide against them. And we're going to take a scholarly look at some of the comments in a mini debate, thanks to Zero Hedge, and also some comments from Benjamin Netanyahu and just see how absolutely insane and devious he is. Oh, yeah. It's like he takes the best of James Brown and puts it in that political context. Man, good stuff. Good stuff. All right, everybody. We're going to get a quick report right now from Dave DeCamp of Antiwar.com, who really, really does a great job here. So let's hit Antiwar headlines as we head towards the Middle East, the latest on Gaza and the U.N. Security Council. All right, the first story at the top of antiwar.com today. The U.S. to veto another Gaza ceasefire resolution at the U.N. Security Council. So the U.S. is threatening to veto a resolution calling for a ceasefire in Gaza at the U.N. Security Council as the U.S. continues to provide political cover for the Israeli massacre of Palestinians. U.S. Ambassador to the U.N. Linda Thomas-Greenfield said in a statement that if the resolution was brought to a vote, it would not be adopted. And this is a resolution that's being drafted by Algeria. So Thomas Greenfield justified U.S. opposition to a ceasefire by pointing to the U.S. efforts to push for a new hostage deal between Israel and Hamas. But you had Netanyahu uh, last week. He vetoed more hostage talks. And Qatar is saying that the negotiations are not looking good. Uh, Qatar's prime minister said that on Saturday. We'll get into that in another story. But Qatar is the mediator of the talk. So they're saying it's not going well. So it's not a good sign. This is just an excuse for the U.S. to veto a ceasefire resolution. Thomas Greenfield said Algeria's resolution would run counter to U.S. efforts on the hostage deal. She said, quote, we have communicated this concern repeatedly to our colleagues on the council. For that reason, the United States States does not support action on this draft resolution. Should it come up for a vote as drafted, it will not be adopted, end quote. So the U.S. has already used its veto power on the Security Council to veto 
two resolutions calling for an end to the onslaught. The Biden administration has also dismissed the International Court of Justice's ruling that it's plausible Israel is committing genocide and continues to provide unconditional support, of course, as I've been covering. And this is just another example when it comes to, you know, the the, the world stage, the U.S. is always going to give uh, backing to Israel, even though, you know, the vast majority of the world is against Israel and the U.S. on this. Thomas Greenfield said that the resolution would get in the way of U.S. diplomacy related to pushing for a hostage deal. And now I put diplomacy in quotes there because that's what she called it. The U.S. hasn't really been doing much diplomacy when it comes to Gaza and Israel. She said, quote, it is critical that other parties give this process the best odds of succeeding rather than push measures that put it and the opportunity for enduring for an enduring resolution of hostilities in jeopardy, end quote. So saying that that a ceasefire resolution would put what the U.S. is doing in jeopardy, which is what they claim that they're pushing for the ceasefire through the hostage deal. No, absolutely. And, and you know, Dave is very, very clear uh, on that. He understands that that is ridiculous. And the thing that gets me is uh, some people have been asking Biden administration officials You know, why don't you call for a ceasefire? Oh, well, you know, that's not up to us. That's up to Israel. This is the thing that I wanted to bring up. I I touched on this earlier, and I'm going to go a little deeper into this when we start showing debates and so on, and and Benjamin Netanyahu. If, If the United States government stopped giving Israel all the weapons it's been giving them, there would be a ceasefire. It's just like Ukraine. If Ukraine no longer gets the weapons that it's been getting from the West, they will ask for peace. And if Israel is no longer propped up militarily by the United States government, about 90-something percent of the weapons that they're using to slaughter these people won't be there anymore. They won't have armaments. They won't have ammunition. They will be spending all of their rockets and their bombs, and they won't have any more. It's up to the United States to stop breaching the Constitution. The Biden administration has been doing that all along in so many areas. And all they have to do to just look themselves in the mirror and, and be honest is to say, oh, yeah, we're the ones who could actually cause a ceasefire right now if we just abided by the stinking U.S. Constitution and morality and didn't keep giving them weapons and money. And they have they have this amazing, supercilious way of saying, oh, well, we can't ask for that. It's like, no, you can actually do it. You can create the ceasefire by stopping your funneling of weapons to that corrupt Netanyahu gang. Incredible. There's more from Dave. Let's hit it. All right. So the next one here, Israel rejects international diktats on Palestinian state. So Israel's cabinet on Sunday, unanimously approved a declaration rejecting international diktats on a future Palestinian state amid reports that the U.S. is preparing to unveil an outline for a potential peace deal that includes establishing a timeline for a two-state solution. Now, I, I think that that's absolutely a canard. And if you're just listening to this in audio, international diktats is in quotes because that's the way the Israelis are framing it. OK, so if you're like in your kitchen and, you know, that's not the way Dave is doing that. It's in quotes on the screen here. So Dave is very well aware that these aren't diktats in any way whatsoever. Um, the diktats are being applied to us because we have to keep funding this idiocy, this absolute terror drone. It's it's just terrible. So bad. So bad. And of course, the Israeli government is not going to have any pressure on it from the United States to allow for a two state solution. That's just hot air from the U.S. government. They know full well what they are doing. They are allowing and helping. They're aiding and abetting in genocide and they're aiding and abetting in the absolute purge by the Israelis of those people in those lands. That's what they, they're doing. It's the same sort of MO that we see from all these people like John Kirby and others who say, well, yeah, you know, uh, we've got a process and we expect them to abide by the process while they continue to hand out the weapons. It's absolutely crazy. It's so stupid. It's like, it's like having a dog and putting raw meat in front of it saying, 
I expect you to do the right thing. I've, I, I could actually not give you the meat, but uh, I expect you not to eat that meat. Come on. Give me a break, huh? Jeez, it's just ridiculous. Let's look at a very interesting portion of the program now, everybody. When we talk about the war stuff, I want to go into philosophy and logic corner. The recent zero hedge debate between libertarian comedian Dave Smith and Laura Loomer. And watch the terms here. Think about philosophy and think about logic. Think about the concept of individual sovereignty versus the state. Dave does a pretty good job. And then see how on the ground, back and forth, in the tit-for-tat play back and forth, uh, Dave and Laura... Dave gets really does a, a, a very good job in getting the better of her and using her own logic and her own positions against her to show how inconsistent she is when it comes to Israel and things like that and votes and the government representing the people. It echoes a lot of what we've discussed here, and I'll, re- I'll re- uh, reiterate some of that uh, in the midst of this in what I've prepared here for the presentation. Uh, but In addition to that, I want to do something new, uh, which is to also concentrate on one other facet that I won't mention until we get there. And then I'll I'll go back, okay, because I don't want to prejudice you on this stuff. So here it is. This is from the Zero Hedge debate the other day. It's Dave Smith, Laura Loomer, of course, a big Trumper, very pro-Zionist. So let's get to it. Here we go. People need to understand, right, that these are not they, these are not people trapped in some open air prison. OK, these are people who elected an Islamic terrorist organization to represent them. There are there are active polling measures taking place this week by Palestinian media, by Palestinian. These are Muslim organizations that are conducting polls that show that over 58 percent of the Palestinian population would elect Ishmael Hania, the leader of Hamas, even after watching all the havoc that Hamas has 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 brought right and I'm not saying that there aren't innocent people there are innocent people but at what point in time do do the Palestinian people right if they want to claim to be innocent civilians at what point do they have a responsibility to to restore or kind of get rid of the status quo because right, so don't people and- there uh, she's first uh, she contradicts herself. She uh, tries to give the soft pedal of, well, yeah, of course, uh, there are innocent people. But then in the very next breath, she implies, but they're not really innocent because they haven't stopped the government from making these decisions. So mixed into all of that is this weird, convoluted flip-flop in her mind, which happens all the time with people who support the state. This first, the canard that you get representation from the state, and it represents everybody. And then... She starts to realize, well, I know it doesn't represent everybody, but why don't the people who don't like this take over? But again, that leaves open the I know it doesn't represent everybody thing. Right. And then she blames those people who haven't been able to grab the power of the state to coercively make the state do what they want the state to do and tell other people to pay for the functioning of the state. Uh, She implies that it's their fault that they are not represented by the government and therefore they also are culpable for the problems of the government. It's absolutely, completely upside down. It makes no sense whatsoever, right? Now, the other problem with it is, of course, if you go back to the conversations that we've had on here on the show, just want to pull this out, yeah. If we, if we discuss what we heard from the uh, Times Square bomber, This is the very sort of argument that we hear so many conservatives say, how can you blame innocent Americans for the policies of the United States? And Ron Paul tries to tell people they think the same things that Laura Loomer seems to think, except she goes back and forth on it, which is, well, the government is us. It's a representative government. And there's her other fallacy. It's mathematically impossible to have a political representation. The two don't go together. The very fact that you've got a polis means, it means that some people are not going to be represented. That's the point, because they are going to be involuntarily forced to pay for it. That's what a polis is for. 
Otherwise, it's a voluntary societal business transaction or it's a personal agreement between people. It's voluntary and there is no state. So the state itself claims that it is allowing for representation, but the only way the state can exist is by majority rule in some form or another or through a monarch. And that is not representative. Because if you want real representation, you have to allow all people to be represented. You don't have majority rule, and you don't have force. You don't have the state. That's the point. The state means not everyone is represented. She wants to blame the people who aren't represented and say, well, at what point do the Palestinians have some responsibility to change the elected government there? As if somehow... I thought the elected government did represent everybody, but she says that, well, the innocent people haven't done it, so therefore they're not innocent. The other part of it is, the practical historical part of it is, the very government she supports, Israel, helped put Hamas in charge, and they did it specifically so that they could get this kind of result. That, that has been the plan for almost going on 10 years. Even longer, going back to 2005, 2006. But Netanyahu openly mentioned it in the in 2018 or 2019. So we know that has been their M.O. So what she's saying about that is, so what you're saying is the people inside Palestine should actually be fighting against the government you support, which put those Hamas people in charge so they would be oppositional, would not negotiate, and then your friends like Netanyahu would then be able to engage in kinetic military activity on them, continue to expand, and claim that the expansion was valid land seizure in wars, going back to the 60s, right? That's what's in her mindset. But philosophically and logically speaking, those are the areas where it's really important because they apply everywhere. It's not just the historical context of Hamas and Palestine and whether or not the Israelis wanted them there. The very idea that somehow the government represents everyone is a canard. And it is the same canard that the Times Square bomber bought into when he said, I plead guilty, a hundred times guilty, and if the American government continues to do what it does in the Middle East, I feel justified to go after American civilians. She is providing the same argument that the Times Square bomber provided from radical Islam. I thought she didn't like that. Let's hear from Dave Smith, because he hits on a lot of these points. Then all societies have a responsibility to challenge or overthrow governments if their governments are not serving the people. That is such a great question. So let me just say this, okay? The United States of America in the last 20 years, okay, between the war in Afghanistan, the war in Iraq, which I think we can all probably agree were like just ridiculous catastrophes that we never should have fought. Let's also add in there the war, uh, Obama's, which I'm sure you'll agree with me about, Obama overthrowing Gaddafi in Libya and leading to the migrant crisis into Europe was an absolute disaster. Let's also throw in yeah. there the attempt, right. So let's bring all, in all yes, the okay. refugees okay. to yes. attack yes. Americans. Yes. Hold on, yes. let me just finish my question. Attempted regime change war in Syria, which we started, that led to 500,000 people dying. Let's also throw in there the war in Yemen, which we backed the Saudis to fighting. Don't forget the Arab Spring. Some, hold on, something else like 500,000 somewhere in that ballpark also died. When you add up all of the numbers, you're talking about millions and millions of dead, innocent people. What responsibility do you have? What responsibility do I have? What responsibility do you have? Are we fair targets now to be murdered because we haven't overthrown the status quo, as you just said? Why is it that we as Americans get to hold these standards against other nations, which we would never dream of imposing on ourselves? Now, I'll pause it there again, and we go back to the point that I brought up earlier. For example, another facet of it, which has echoes of the same principle and philosophy, the same logic. If you're in a philosophy class, you bring up this example. It's a perfect example. Again, if you've got the Israelis claiming that they can go into Gaza and indiscriminately kill people, even saying that they can sacrifice people who were held as hostage so that they can prof act as a prophylactic to say we won't negotiate and we're going to still try to get the other hostages out, which is pretty counter to the concept. But again, it runs to the whole idea of the public 
welfare for the public good. That one hostage can be sacrificed so that we can try to rescue all the other ones. It's the same sort of consequentialist idea. The one life doesn't matter. But logically, that means that none of the other one lives matter. So none of the lives matter. That's the point about consequentialist theory, that you do it for the greater good. There is no such thing as the greater good. The greater good is every individual gets to live his own life, and you don't pick and choose to sacrifice one individual for what you define is the greater good. But if Israel can say, if the government of Netanyahu can say, we're going to go in there and we're going to blast that place apart, we're going to just devastate kids, blow them to pieces, that sort of thing, then if they're saying that, that they can do that to rescue hostages, then we know, as Laura Loomer ought to know, that every year hundreds of innocent people who have not been charged with any crimes whatsoever are basically kidnapped by the Israeli government and held there. They are hostages, too. So the same argument that the Israelis use for going in and blasting cities apart and going after Hamas to try to so-called rescue the hostages, even though they will sacrifice any hostage for the greater concept, this weird, perverse idea of rescuing hostages, which is completely a QED, we can kill, we can allow hostages to get killed or kill them ourselves in order to rescue hostages. It's absurd. And again, it puts every hostage in danger. And that is the problem of so-called public health. That's the problem of government taxation and saying, well, I'm not going to get taxed this time. No, guess what? You could be the victim next time. Okay. So the government can't define the general welfare. It's got to be individuals defining it. And the only way that general welfare exists is by leaving people alone to define for themselves what's good for themselves. And of course, logically, good can only be defined by each individual. What is good for himself in his life, right? But Dave Smith makes a very good point here. And again, you can flip the tables and say, well, then Hamas should be perfectly uh, allowed to go into Israel to rescue all those people, Laura Loomer. They should be able to go in, blast apart anybody, do anything they want to get those people who've been kidnapped by the Israeli government and held without charge. It's the same standard. But she won't see it because she's so pro-nation state of Israel. And of course, they utilize the... Well, it's the legacy of the Holocaust, it's it's anti-Semitism and so on and so forth to hide behind that curtain so that we can't criticize them about those double standards. They'll say, what, you don't want Israel to survive? It's like, ah, oh, geez, man, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. There's plenty more Liberty Conspiracy on Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live is brought to you by Dash Digital Cash. Dash is the cryptocurrency made for spending. You can pay your bills with Dash at spritz.finance. Plus, they can send dollars to your bank if you still need those for something. Thanks to the Dash DAO for sending us 32 Dash per month for this sponsorship. It's easy to get and use Dash. You can learn more at dash.org. That's dash.org. Do you know someone with a drug or alcohol problem? Get help now. Insurance may cover everything. Stop the drug and alcohol nightmare. Call 800-284-0523. Learn how through the Family Medical Leave Act, you can leave your job without losing your job. Locations everywhere. Get immediate help for drug and alcohol problems. Call now. 800-284-0523. 800-284-0523. What if you could cut your heating bills this winter with your existing wood-burning fireplace and not spend thousands doing it? You can with Great Wall of Fire Fireplace Grates. Our U.S. patented, made-in-America Wall of Fire Grates increase fireplace efficiency, eliminate fireplace smoke problems, and come with a 30-day money-back guarantee. See our grates in action and get free shipping from walloffire.com or call 800-274-7364. Fireplace heat without fireplace smoke. Walloffire.com. USA News Update. The U.S. back on the moon. Unmanned robotic lunar lander Odysseus, launched by a private U.S. company, Intuitive Machines, landed on the moon's surface on Thursday. NASA paid IM $118 million to take six instruments for testing to the moon, Odie also carrying a part for a future moon telescope. 
If you're an AT&T customer, you had some problems on Thursday connecting to your network. Emergency services as well as texting and calling were out. AT&T says it was not a cyber attack. It was just due to a software update they did to expand their network. South Carolina's former governor, Nikki Haley, says no matter the outcome of the primary on Saturday, she will not leave the presidential race. Corey Myers, USA News. Tahibo Tea Club's original Pure Pouty Arco Super Tea comes from the only tree in the world that fungus does not grow on. As a result, it naturally has antifungal, anti-infection, antiviral, antibacterial, anti-inflammation, and anti-parasite properties. So the tea is great for healthy people because it helps build the immune system. And it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. The tea is also organic and naturally caffeine-free. A one-pound package of tea is $49.95, which includes shipping. To order, please visit shopsupertea.com. The first word is shop, spelled S-H-O-P, then the word super, and then the word tea. The complete website is shopsupertea.com, or call us at 818-984-6100, Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. California time. That's 818-984-6100, shopsupertea.com. I had no idea it would destroy my life. But before it happened, I had a successful business in Austin, Texas. Everyone laughed at me when I shut that business down, but I could not ignore the wake-up call. I was volunteering on a project to get locally grown food into a school. That project was a complete failure, and I discovered that there were few local farmers, there's only four days' worth of food in the grocery stores, and everything comes 1,500 miles via a just-in-time trucking system. I lost friends and family who told me I was crazy to worry about that, but I kept at it. I'm Marjorie Wildcraft. Those of us who know what's going on in the world know you need to become self-reliant before the dollar collapses. I've created a free webinar at GCNfood.com. I can show you, like I've shown hundreds of thousands of people, how to grow lots of food, even if you have no experience, you're older, or you're out of shape. Do it now, before the stores are boarded up and food is not available at any price. Go to GCNfood.com. GCNfood.com. We still do email. Drop your email address in the entry box at freetalklive.com and you'll be kept in the loop with Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. This is Liberty Conspiracy on Free Talk Live. More from Dave Smith. You know, the question is always asked. What's Israel supposed to do? Don't they have a right to defend themselves? Do all of these countries that we've slaughtered innocent people in, do they have a right to defend themselves? Do they have a right to come over here and kill innocent civilians? I would say no. They don't have a right to come kill innocent civilians. You have political grievances with the government class, but it does not follow as Osama bin Laden or Bill Clinton or Barack Obama or George W. Bush would argue that it then follows that we can inflict this collective punishment against people. If we're going to be the better ones, If we're going to say you're the Islamists, but we're the civilized people, if we're going to represent the best tradition of Western civilization, then the point would be that we don't believe in any of that. We don't believe that you can target innocent men, women, and children. Very good. Very good stuff from Dave Smith. Absolutely right. Now, let's look at the insanity of Benjamin Netanyahu. This is pretty much breaking news, everybody. Just over the past few days, he came out and spoke about the big plan for the big Zionist statists. The Israeli army is going to lens that no other army has done to prevent civilian casualties. Okay, that's a lie. And we'll show you some interesting things to belie what he is saying. An utter, utter falsehood right there. And regardless of that, they are an occupying force. So to then say... Well, the people who are illegally on your land are doing everything they can to occupy it in a very kind way is absurd. It's utterly ridiculous. And anybody who lets that sort of stuff sink into his head has a very porous brain. No other army. Of course, this doesn't doesn't prevent the vilification of Israel. Again, there you go. Now, 
This I want to tie into something. You remember I mentioned how I went to Boston University. I want to I want to expand a little bit more and reiterate on a couple of the themes that I brought up from my experience at Boston University, seeing a lot of the Zionists there. So we'll continue. So now he's 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 claiming the uh, oh woe is us Israel Israel nation state legacy of the Holocaust. Of course, this doesn't prevent the horrible slurs and slanders and lies that are hurled against the Jewish state and the Jewish army. I mean, does he mention any of those? It's utterly manifest what the Jewish army has been doing there regardless of even some of the on-the-ground crimes that we've heard about. And there are many. The absolute immoral insults to basic humanity on the part of the Israeli soldiers, many of them there. And this guy has been planning this for years. This is incredible. They took us to this farce in The Hague. South Africa accuses us of genocide. Can you imagine? South Africa accuses us of genocide. Now, they didn't just accuse you of genocide. They made a case for genocide, and they got the vote. How come you're not addressing some of those points? No, it's all rhetoric. It's all rhetoric. And he just wants to stay in power as long as he can, even though people over the weekend were protesting for him to leave. When we're doing everything but genocide against a genocidal foe, and this is repeated sometimes by world leaders. Today, the president of Brazil, by comparing Israel's war in Gaza against Hamas, a genocidal terrorist organization, to the Holocaust, President Silva has disgraced the memory of six million Jews murdered by the Nazis, and he's demonized the Jewish state like the most virulent anti-Semite. He should be ashamed of himself. So let me get this straight. If you look at what happened in the Warsaw Ghetto, What is happening in Gaza is not only like what happened in the Warsaw Ghetto, it's worse than what happened in the Warsaw Ghetto. And as bad as that was, it doesn't absolve anybody who acted aggressively and murderously against the people in the Warsaw Ghetto. But it's very clear. And wait till you see some of this stuff. It's unbelievable. And I'm sure you're well aware of all the tens of thousands of people killed, upwards of 100,000 people dead or missing in that small area, five miles by 25 miles. And now they have invaded essentially the last hospital there. And Khan Yunus, where they told everybody to go, yeah, they're leveling that, just like we said they would. They've been doing it for days now. Let's continue with this incredible war criminal. You know, we often speak about the history of anti-Semitism. And we say, how could those lies that were leveled against the Jewish people, these extraordinary falsifications, These uh, these un- unbelievable diagnoses. How could they have been believed by so, so there many? There you go. There you go, everybody. Look what he's doing. He's employing, of course, the cover of the Holocaust. The Holocaust has nothing to do with his actions right now. It has nothing to do with how he propped up Hamas. Has nothing to do other than the presence of Israel there and the forces that helped work to get it there in the 1940s and even earlier than that from the West and certain banking interests. But as far as his policy goes, he is the one who is doing a disservice to the memory of all those people who died because he's trying to use their deaths in the Holocaust as cover for his own multi, multi mass murder. That's what he's doing. And he knows it full well. You can tell looking at that guy. He knows. He's trying to manipulate people. He's trying to use that as propagandistic cover. What an absolute insult. And this is where I want to bring in BU. Because it is the same tactic that I used to see all the time as if somehow the Holocaust is continuing. That these generations of kids at Boston University 
they used to call them Jewish American princesses, very, very wealthy from Long Island. And also some of the guys, they would, if you got in a disagreement with them about Palestine or something political or something like that, they immediately would start to utilize as a defense tactic in the give and take the Holocaust. These are 17-year-old kids. The, the Holocaust has nothing to do with the subject you're discussing. Let's say we're talking about Palestine, and I, I happen to bring something up in college. Like, oh, look what the government's been doing to the Palestinians, taking their land and so on and so forth. What? You know, you're doing a disservice. This is the legacy of the Holocaust here. That state was inspired to give people hope to bring them to a place where they could escape these things. And look what you're doing. You're selling the memory. It's absolutely disgusting because it's not just that they have some emotional tick where they say, oh, wow, I don't like this person saying these things, so therefore he must be insulting Jews or something like that. It's an automatic or it's an intentional move to silence you by bringing up the Holocaust. He's under cover of the Holocaust. This guy, Netanyahu, after all his machinations, all his plans, and now his repeated kinetic destruction of lives, buildings, utter, utter, other demon, demon-like uh, behavior. And he's talking to cover himself that, again, this is a continued manifestation of the anti-Semitism that brought around the Holocaust. And that was the kind of defense tactic I used to see at Boston University all the time. All the time. It drove me up the wall. Just awful. Let's take a look at some of the ways that these, you know, totally peaceful, totally kind oppressors and occupiers and murderers are acting when they get into Gaza. Check this out. Oh, and by the way, we saw some of them dancing with Mike Pompeo. He himself, a war criminal. And you'll see that at the end of the show when I replay the cult video. Hand in hand, dancing on the deaths of the Palestinians with Mike Pompeo. Unbelievable. Here's CNN. They actually covered this. They put a strange spin on it, but wait till you see this. Inside Israel, people are seeing a very different picture of the war from the rest of the world and from, from what you've just heard, with IDF soldiers documenting their military offensive in real time. Correspondent Jeremy Diamond reports on this trend unfolding on social media. So when she says in real time, they're documenting it in real time and how the Israeli people are getting to see this. Yeah, um, if they're getting to see this and they're not upset, and as Ursula Le Guin would say, they might leave Omelas, they might leave Israel because they're disgusted and don't want to be tied to it anymore. I'm sure that they wouldn't want to be blamed, but how much power would they have to change things? Right, Laura Loomer? Let's see how wonderful these Israeli soldiers are. Because they're shooting this video themselves, and they're showing it back home. This is a how-to video on how to blow up a mosque in Gaza. Format is internet fluent. The content is very real. Filmed, edited, and posted on Instagram by an Israeli soldier. It's one of dozens reviewed by CNN. For many in 2024, social media is everyday life. Israeli soldiers are no different, except they're fighting Israel's largest and most brutal war in decades. In video, after video, after video, soldiers document the destruction of Gaza. Let me just ask you a quick question. When the reporter describes that as Israel's most brutal war in decades, where's the brutality coming now? And where has it been coming since October 8th? That's really bad reporting. That's framing. That's a framing device. That's shading. It's immoral. Let's continue. 
rejoice. They filmed detonations to use as wedding invitations. Among them are would-be comedians, whose videos satirizing the war show the devastation in Gaza. Soldiers have always documented themselves. Uh, it could be in journals, it could be with, um, you know, taking pictures. Avner Gvaryahu served in the IDF during the Second Intifada. He leads the group Breaking Silence, which encourages soldiers to speak out about the realities of occupation. Even if we do find, you know, the, the why we went to this war, uh, important, significant, and, and, and necessity, we have to ask ourselves how we're conducting ourselves uh, in wartime. The videos often end up on the social media channels of right-wing political commentators. They boast to the Israeli public of the tactics used to defend them. All right, so another question. <clears throat> what do they define as right-wing? And this always happens all the time. If you've got a collectivist state, is that right-wing? Or is it left-wing? How about just collectivism versus individual freedom? How about that? We'll just go with that. The IDF told CNN that it has acted and continues to act to identify unusual cases that deviate from what is expected of IDF soldiers. Those cases will be arbitrated and significant command measures will be taken against the soldiers involved. Images from Gaza of Israel's war injured are rare on Israeli television. But they're there on TikTok. The overarching theme is that, you know, we're here, we're going to win, we're powerful enough. And I think that what these soldiers are doing, all these, these clips that we see on social media, is part of an attempt to regain sense of agency, regain sense. Can you believe this guy saying this? The Israeli government has been in control of that area since 1948. They have been encroaching into it year after year after year. As we mentioned, back in 2018, they had such control over the water that there was a water problem inside Gaza. Many people who are under 20 haven't been beyond the walls of Gaza. And this guy says, oh, they're trying to reestablish their own self-worth, their own sense of power. Seriously? Are you kidding me? That's like a kidnapper telling you, well, you know, I wouldn't have to do this except I, I've got, uh, I've got uh, self-image problems. You know? Yeah, so I'm really sorry about that. What kind of lame excuse is that nonsense? Come on. Power regain, you know, the sense of positive self-image, the way we talk about ourselves before October 7th. At times, they openly defy their military's message about protecting civilians. So let's just get this straight. They have here, you know our motto, there are no uninvolved civilians. As we know, they think that it's okay to try to drive kids and women and kill kids and women, drive them away or kill them because, and this is not all of the soldiers, but many of them and many of the politicians, they say there are no innocent civilians and the kids will grow up to be fighters and the women will give birth to more. So got to get them out of there, right? I'm surprised they don't get some sort of jab to sterilize the women. Maybe get Anthony Fauci down there to follow the science. Everything will be fine. Yeah. Just get over in this medical tent. It's ridiculous. Man, unbelievable. And, you know, the thing that, the thing that really strikes me here is all the things that they've been doing over the years, and the United States government has been funding it, and when you see these guys psychologically you can tell they're 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 joking around about stuff they're blowing up buildings they're literally starting to they're they're they've been planning this for a while so this is not like oh we're reacting to somehow feel better about ourselves this has been part of a long-term strategy 
to take this land. There are guys who want to start housing developments there. No kidding. Just like all the other housing developments that have popped up there somehow, magically. And film themselves destroying civilian shops. Israel is under increasing scrutiny over the war in Gaza. These videos may well be adding fuel to that criticism. Just a quick break here. I'm going to go to the next part. Let me get your thoughts, everyone. Uh, Hit me up, Rockfin, Rumble, and Twitter. Uh, Give me your thoughts on this. Because uh, this is just, it's almost infuriating. You try to keep your, your cool. Um, yeah, Tom Cooper says, don't give them any ideas, guard. Well, Tom, I hope you get your jab. Uh, by the way, what's your home address? Uh, we'll be there soon. Uh, we're going to do uh, door, door, door jab. It's sort of like uh, a door grub or whatever. Delivery, straight to your house, straight through, just like uh, Bill Gates would say. Inject it right into you. It's going to be great. Everything will be fantastic. Follow the science. Freethinker49. Oh, my, look at this CNN woman. What happened to her? Well, yeah, she has has aged a little bit. Christian, I'm on tour. I'm on poor. I'm on poor. I'm on tour. Tom Cooper says the Jews are the best. Well, the Zionist state, that's for sure. Here we go. Jeez. Here's some more. Let's rock it. This is this is crazy. It gets nutty. Watch this. These videos may well be adding fuel to that criticism. Just into CNN, the IDF says it's detained more than 20 people suspected of taking part in the October 7th attacks as its raid of the largest functioning hospital in Gaza continues. The Israeli military also says it found weapons inside the facility, but CNN hasn't been able to independently verify that photograph. The IDF, though, says the mission inside the hospital is still ongoing. I want to get to CNN's Nick Robertson, who is live in Tel Aviv for us. So, Nick, what more are you learning? Well, there's a couple of things about the hospital we're learning uh, from the World Health Organization. Say they are trying to work with the Israeli authorities to get access to the hospital uh, and stabilize the situation there. According to hospital authorities, uh, electricity um, in the uh, ICU unit uh, and possibly oxygen oxygen supply there are well as well are in critical condition, and this could threaten the lives of several patients and and infants that are within the. Uh, within the ICU, the critical care unit at the hospital there. But to the what the IDF is saying, that they have now rounded up 20 suspects, they say, who were involved in the October 7th attacks. They've released a f- photographs of a few of them uh, that we cannot independently ourselves verify were involved in the October 7th attacks. The IDF described one of them as an ambulance driver, again, something we can't verify. The IDF originally went in... Well, by the way, talking about non-verified... Um, I cut Netanyahu's speech down a little bit. Further on into that speech, he started to make a bunch more of those spurious claims about uh, the beheadings and uh, various. Now, obviously, there was an attack by Hamas, but some of the most gratuitous things that they discussed, that they claimed, have been utterly debunked, and Netanyahu repeated them. Just Unbelievable. Uh, does does he not think that, oh, well, I guess if they can control the Internet, they think that, you know, maybe they can stop this sort of information. But it's not under their control yet completely there, buddy. Netanyahu. Unbelievable. Let's continue. The hospital, they said, because they had credible intelligence that there were possibly the bodies of hostages there. They had this intelligence, they say, from their sources and from other hostages. Uh, the IDF point to the fact that hostages had been held in hospitals before, and according to hospital officials at the NASA hospital, the IDF were digging up bodies in, in some of the temporary graves that had been dug inside the hospital to check those bodies. Okay, so let me ask you... Um... I didn't see any evidence that they held hostages inside hospitals. I know that they've given hostages medical care. And now one of the last hospitals in the entire region is being destroyed. Unbelievable stuff. It's crazy, and it gets crazier. Watch this one from Breaking Points. 
amazing. Well, Israeli liberal news outlet Haaretz just published a piece for their Hebrew language audience that reaches breathtaking new levels of dehumanization and tone deafness. The piece was highlighted and documented by a Twitter user called Gawan Mac. Quote, Haaretz has published in Hebrew, not English, an incomprehensibly vile article in the style of a lifestyle cooking feature about Israel soldiers finding and cooking with ingredients in the kitchens of Gazans who had to flee their homes and are now starving. I was also able to pull up the article and use Google Translate to verify the content is indeed as represented in this Twitter thread. Basically, for this feature, they interview several IDF soldiers about how they scrounge around in the bombed-out homes of Gazans, combine these pilfered goods with their own rations, and then prepare bountiful feasts that help them take a much-needed mental break from all of that hard genocide work. It's replete with images of these thieving chefs and the culinary delights that they concocted in the family homes of terrorized Palestinians. Just take a look at this scrumptious dish that the article labors labels bruschetta alla Gaza. I guess the scent of smoking ruins, death, and ambiance of utter devastation really brings out the flavor, doesn't it, guys? Here we see some war buddies sharing a meal with the caption, warm meal. We understood that it is possible to fight and take part in campaigns and yet eat well. And this became the story of our unit. How heartwarming. Little time away from raiding hospitals and terrorizing children to cherish a basic life necessity, which you are currently denying to the entire Gaza population. The story of your unit being the elaborate meals you prepare as you impose on Gazans a story of a daily search for scraps. Any concerns about the war crime-laden context are shrugged off by both writer and soldiers. Aretz asked casually about, quote, the feelings of cooking and eating in Gaza family homes. The response, at least per Google Translate, quote, there are mixed feelings, no doubt. After all, I use their tools in their house when they are not here. But on the other hand, we have to eat. In the end, the urge and desire to eat increases. It is important to clarify that these are abandoned houses, some of them destroyed or destined for demolition. And this is the way the IDF fights in Gaza. Oh, yes, we are well aware of how you fight in Gaza. Stay tuned for more Liberty Conspiracy on Free Talk Live. If you're concerned about the power grid and want to generate your own supply of off-grid electricity, this will be the most important message you'll hear this year. Here's why. We now have a small number of solar generators back in stock. These emergency backup systems provide life-saving backup power when you need it most. And unlike gas generators, solar generators run quietly, emit no dangerous fumes, and produce an endless supply of free electricity from the sun. Whether it's wildfires, dangerous weather, power grid issues, or just getting off the grid, you'll never have to suffer through painful power outages again. Even better, all this week, radio listeners get over $700 in free off-the-grid bonuses, too. Go to MySolarBackup.com to learn more and check availability. That's MySolarBackup.com. Look for the free report, Crisis Cooling, how to make absolutely sure your meat, milk, and medicines stay safe and cool in any power outage. Yours free at MySolarBackup.com. Wellness and self-care doesn't have to be complicated. So keep it simple and take good care of yourself with Sunny Bay Heating Pads. Our heating pads soothe pains in the neck, back, and shoulders while relaxing muscles and increasing blood circulation. Sunny Bay Heating Pads have always been made in the USA and hand-filled to perfection with the highest quality materials. Sunny Bay Heating Pads are the perfect wellness gift for loved ones or yourself. See all of our high-quality products at sunny-bay.com, including heated body pads, neck pillows, heated neck and body wraps, and our stress-reducing lavender line. They're all affordable, durable, and in stock now and ready for immediate shipping direct from sunny-bay.com. Read our trusted, authentic, and real reviews at sunny-bay.com or just search for Sunny Bay Heating Pad. To your good health and wellness from Sunny Bay. 